Well, hello. Welcome to episode 11 of the One Life Church podcast, where we talk about things for One Life Church, but also things that we think can relate to you and your one and only life. And we just want to continue having conversations. Uh, My name is Sarah, and I'm joined as always by our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson. I'm still on the hunt for a tagline. Yeah. I, I am, and, and I right before this, I disappointed Sarah by not having one. It's uh, okay. I, I'm looking, but I would I would take recommendations. I might really. enjoy more that you don't have one, and it be, just becomes okay. an ongoing okay. thing. Yeah, or maybe I'll just start Heidi having one. Hidey ho! I, I thought about that one. <laughs> yeah, keep trying. Know, okay, keep trying. all right, keep trying. Um, and today we are joined on the podcast by Karen Kislin. And Karen, um, we were, it was just a privilege for us um, here at One Life Church to um, just kind of sit under your teaching yesterday. Um, um, and joined all three of our campuses with that. And it was so great. And I really appreciate that. And um, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, first of all. I'm delighted to be here. Awesome. And and first of all, we would just love to kind of get a little more of the background of who Karen is. So kind of just give us a little bit of overview of who you are. Okay. Well, I am a wife and a mom. I have four kids and um, two sons-in-law and six grandchildren. And um, I have been married for 46 years. And so, uh, but uh, for a lot of that time, I have been a Bible teacher, a, I've taught Sunday school and um, almost every age group. Um, I've worked with little kids all the way up to senior adults. And so uh, that's part of who I am. So Awesome. And, and you taught um, yesterday on the Passover. I did. And, and I know um, for a lot of people, I heard so many amazing um, stories from people um, my age. Um, and then I heard some stuff from students saying, I'd never you know, heard that before. And it was so great. I think just to, the way that you teach is is. I don't know. It's just, it just connects very well with everyone. Um, I loved it. I love just learning uh, some new things because I love some things that maybe I'd heard, but I didn't really know the meaning behind. So um, one I of my favorite great. comments was uh, from a, a staff member uh, who said their daughter, their daughter's a freshman, and uh, said, "You know, I usually have a hard time following <laughs> things on, on Sunday mornings." And when people say "usually," I always I know who they're talking about. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I got this. I thought, "Wow, that was awesome!" So that was it was a good sign, you know that. that Especially going into, it's a real gift because when you can go into something that is, most people perceive as kind of thick going into it. In other words, the Passover is not, it wouldn't be perceived as easy material if you just read it on your own. Right. Uh, but, but when you broke it down, it's like it tracked and everybody was on board with it. It was like, it was like discovering mysteries all the way through. And the way you communicate it was, it was, we had freshmen in high school, you had all the way through senior adults who were having a blast. And. It really is that mystery. And uh, we understand Thanksgiving, Christmas, because we've lived them. And when, we, when it comes to the Passover or really any of the feasts in the Bible, uh, we don't understand it because we haven't experienced it. And so when I started studying it, there were times I'd put my head down and just weep and say, Lord, we've missed so much. So it became a passion for me to to really study it and understand it and then to bring it to uh, to people so, you know, they could discover it as well, because there is the mystery in it. And there are shadows of Christ all well in all of the feasts, but in the Passover as well. So. Yeah, it, you know, one of the recommendations I make for people who want to get into the Bible but don't know where to start or don't know how, it's been my own personal experience. If you'll just start with one thing, one place, like a book, uh, the book of Colossians or the book of Psalms, or and just decide to own that, 
uh, I think, and, and just make yourself an expert on it. Is how I express it to people. Just study that thing. Forget that there's 66 other books for now, and just right. concentrate on one thing. Is your story that did it was did it like start with the Passover, or was there a particular area of scripture that when you kind of cross the line from I'm doing this as a discipline to I'm delighting in this, was there something like that? The Red Sea, one of the feasts. Uh, it was actually it was uh, the story of Joseph in the book of of Genesis. I was um, really getting into the Bible, studying it, and and then one day was teaching in a, a children's class, but they were showing a video, and it was the brothers came to Joseph, and, and it, they should have been punished, but instead he showed them love. And all of a sudden I got this picture that that's what Jesus does for us. And it opened up my eyes. And so I began to study in, the, the, in Genesis uh, the story of Joseph. And it, 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 there, are, there are so many of those shadows that are in the scripture. And so every time I find one, it's, it's an aha moment. And, right. and so it, makes, it actually makes Bible study very much an adventure when, when you are looking for those kind of things. But for me, it was the story of Joseph. And I have been told or have read that there are over 100 pictures of Christ just in that little section, his life. I've looked for 100. I haven't found quite that many. But so, I, you know, it's... Have you it's, found more than like five? I have. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes. Can you name a few? Have, or a few uh, off the top of your head? Just to uh, kind of give people a little push off the in shore the, there? In the story of Joseph? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, well, when Joseph's in prison, um, the it is the the cupbearer and the baker. So right there in that story, we have the bread and the wine, mm-hmm. and so and when he's in prison right. with those two men, and so that for me was an aha moment. And uh, so there's you know there are, and and he's. He's hated by his brothers. He's um, he's rejected by them. He, so Joseph is this picture of Christ in the right. Old Testament, and so he becomes a slave, a servant, and then he's raised to uh, be the second in command, sitting at the right hand of, of Pharaoh. And so there's all these shadows of Christ just yeah. in the story of Joseph. So it that for me became kind of the open door. What's interesting about those is like you, you said, the, the, the baker and the cupbearer. Right. And I think many of us have heard that story growing up. And once you say it, it seems painfully obvious. I mean, you're like, oh, it's that bread right. and wine right. thing again. Right. right. <laughs> but I don't know that I, I think I'd heard that a few years ago. I went, wow, I never really thought of it that way before. Right. But I had, you know, half my life I had not. So it's, it's this, this is a strange dilemma that you're almost in. Like you're seeing things that aren't, they're not hidden on one hand but they are on the other. Right. And so now have you developed mechanisms in your own head for not overlooking things like that? You know, one of the, the well, one of the things that we've shared on, on Sunday morning that you've been talking about is to pray that, that God opens up our minds so we can see things in the scripture. And I think when we pray that, then God honors that. And we see, we begin to see some of the things that maybe had been hidden before. Um, one of the stories that I find fascinating is in Genesis 35. It is the story She's going of, through a very thick Bible for those of you who are listening now. It's, it's the, the birth of Benjamin. Oh. And it's, 
it's in Bethlehem or outside of Bethlehem. But this child is born. And one day I was reading this and and his mother, Rachel, is dying. And but the midwife says uh, to her, don't be afraid. And I thought, those are the same words that the shepherd said, maybe on that exact same hillside, don't be afraid. And this child is born, and she names him Ben-Oni, which is son of my sorrow. But his father names him Benjamin, which is son of my right hand. So you have a child born. He's the man of sorrows, but he's the son of of the right hand. And so there's this this shadow of Christ wow. right there on Bethlehem's hillside. And so I love those kind of things that you're reading it and all of a sudden it's oh, wait a minute, there's more here than I thought there was. Yeah, so. like wait, stop. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so. Was there was there a point like as you're as you're saying these things, was there a point like when you were studying the Bible that you started noticing those as shadows of Jesus? Um, because I feel like for me personally growing up, like I, I read those or knew those um, and I kind of had this like almost like a cartoony um, look in my head because that's just what the way it was taught to me sometimes in Sunday school. But like I never thought of it like as you're saying, that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. But like, was there a point where you started noticing those um, kind of as the whole story? Well, I I read the Bible since I was in fifth, fifth grade. And I looked at it a lot of times, sort of like you take medicine. You swallow a spoonful of it, doesn't have to taste good, it helps you to get better. Mm -hmm. That's how I approached Bible study. And God used even that, that level of commitment to speak and to teach me and all of that. But in the 90s, I really began to seek the Lord and, and ask Him to do something in me. And I fully expected He would. But I thought it would be some church service, and it wasn't. It was as if he lifted the veil on his word. And I became so hungry to read it. And it was, you know, I I would think, okay, if I don't have anything to do, I can read the Bible. I can open it up and read it because it was that important to me. Mm -hmm. And and it was then that things started... uh, sort of jumping off the page. And it is a living book. God does want to speak to us. And and he's used it in, in lots of other ways as well, not just, you know, seeing Christ in the shadows, but speaking to my heart and challenging me. And and so anyway, that's it started in the 90s for me. Hmm. And I think it's important too to say, um, because we're getting a little bit of a taste of, of what Karen taught on yesterday. And if you haven't had a chance, you should go listen to that or watch it on the One Life app or at onelifechurch.org. Um, it's the episode three or part three of Shadow the Shadow series. So make sure you take a listen to that. But I want to make sure we put that out there as well. Absolutely. Now, now you started off with Joseph. Uh, we'll talk about the Passover a little bit more here in a moment. But has there... Uh, is there now a place uh, currently that's become a favorite? Like you love to go to this place to find these things in, in the Bible and all 66 books. Is there a new area favorite? You know, as somebody asked me that yesterday, um, one of the teenagers said, okay, what is your favorite book of the Bible? And I, I, my answer is whatever I'm teaching on or studying at, at the time right. is probably uh, my favorite. But um 
One of the things that I love is even looking at the parables because there are shadows in the parables as well. There are, are hints of Christ, and, and we know it's about him, but there are levels. I, I read that a, one rabbi said that every single scripture has at least 70 facets. 70? 70. And so, you know, we're looking through different lenses all the time when we're coming to the scripture. Right now I'm in the book of Luke, and I am absolutely loving mm. the book of Luke. So, you know, it's, it's, I think for me, it's <laughs> what I'm studying because God's, he's there. He's on every single page. So. Well, and, and you, you could think like the shadows become fascinating because we're so familiar with the realities, you know, kind of described in the New Testament. And, and my fear would be it would have a almost backwards effect of now I love the Old Testament, but the New Testament isn't as interesting as it once was. But you just said, hey, the Gospel of Luke, uh, and you've probably read it a few times in, in the I course have. of if you've been at this since you're in fifth grade. So what is it about this time? Is it the parable thing or is there something else that you're just kind of seeing you hadn't seen before? I, I don't know that there's an answer for that, except I think the, the more we study, the, the more we open up God's word, the more he opens it up to us. And uh, I, it hasn't been too awfully long ago that I looked at the Good Samaritan through new eyes. It's, you know, this picture of we we know that story of the good samaritan right but it's the samaritan was the person who was from two different worlds it was um he he didn't fit in you know he was part part jewish part assyrian the samaritans were so from two different worlds and the the priest failed the man who needed help um the legal system, the Levites, they failed. And so it wasn't, it wasn't religion. It wasn't the law. It was the, the one who came from, from two different worlds, which is the picture of Christ. He came and, and the, 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 uh, the good Samaritan says, I'll, whatever debt he has, I'll pay it. Uh, you know, if he, if I'll, I'll pay his debt. And, and so there's this hint of Christ, even, you know, underneath that story. And so, you know, the parables are, Jesus is everywhere throughout the whole book. It's all about him. So, right. Oh, that's, that's, I'm sorry. Okay, I thought Sarah was about to say I heard this <laughs> breath drawn thing. No, I was, sorry. I was you know, like you were locked in the like I scared you, okay. though. You jumped. Yeah, I know. People I, watch well, that. Because, you know, I can't see out of the corner of my eyes. You so. don't know what I'm doing over but here. But I guess the other thing is, what uh, backing up to uh, yesterday, what, uh, what Karen did, for those who may not have listened yet, went through the Passover feast and. Uh, just it is described pretty in depth. Here's what God wanted them to do, but also the things that they've done as a as a matter of course. And uh, one thing I'd like to ask several things about that. The first thing would be, are there things you know? You said this is a three hour, four hour process of, yes, of going yeah. through uh, the meal, what people traditionally do. Uh, but where what hit the editing room floor? Were there some things? I I wish I could have got this in, but I just right. 
didn't have the time because right. they held me to this horrible 35 minute limit. <laughs> you know. Well, there are um, there are two mixtures, and I didn't even bring them um, on, that are on a Passover table. Uh, one is an apple mixture. It's very sweet. It has honey in it and uh, nuts and raisins, and and it's it's sweet and it's good to eat. It's called haraset, and um, but then there is also one that's called maror, and it's horseradish, and it's and you you grind it from the root, so it's to be as sharp as it can be, and um, I, I actually just learned this recently that when you um, normally what's done is that you take the bread and you put a little of the uh, the sweet mixture and a little bit of the sharp. Uh, bitey one and put them together and so you have the sweetness and the bitterness but it's the bread that carries it and with Jesus what he does for us is he carries those those times of joy but he also carries those times of bitterness and so for me that was a brand new picture that I saw just recently and um, so there's always more to learn and uh, so so that was one I, I of course, didn't have time to right, share. Yeah, but, that's right. You know, Too bad but, it got edited. Well, <laughs> but, you know, there's only uh, so much time. That's and, right. you know, the four cups were important to talk about. That, that, that's <laughs> so, right. That's right. Yeah. I heard I heard one preaching coach once say the best message is always have the most edited out mm -hmm. uh, because they're compiled of, of the most material. But you've got to, you know, streamline them and all that sort of thing. Anything else that was kind of it was the bitterness. It was the anything else in particular that that might have got left out. Or Well, you, there's parsley or it's um it's a bitter herb and it's dipped in salt water and it's to remind the children of Israel and they eat it of the tears that they shed. But you know, the Lord takes our tears. He, he puts them in a bottle. And so there's that picture too, that he'll take all the tears, the, the sadness, the, the, the joys in our life. And, and he carries those as well. So, you know, there's a lot of things in that meal that are, are very sweet. Um, I, I I had it in my notes. I don't think I necessarily said it. Um, it's a little hard to remember exactly what I said, but that uh, when you sweep out the house, that Jesus went to his house and he cleaned house. He got rid of the money changers and he did clean his house too. Oh, so, okay. you yeah. know, he did it. And <laughs> so, but I had to edit you know, that out because, okay. so, you know, there are, there are a lot of things in that meal that are, uh, amazing and um, I think so. it's fascinating it's a meal uh, just all by itself I mean, because it, it goes on every single year and it's kind of ingrained into a uh, system I think sometimes the the Bible has a reputation of not being very relatable but it was actually designed to be extremely relatable because it's you know something as simple as sitting around or standing and having a meal together and having these different tastes and all these tactile things to communicate right. uh, God's word it's uh, it's really interesting how he wants us to do that and see those kinds of things going through all that and and the word in Leviticus 23 that um, that talks about those the the meeting time or the, you know, it's, it means appointment, but it also means rehearsal. So, you know, God wanted to meet with people during the feasts because it isn't just Passover. There are other feasts as well. And so all of those feasts, God wanted people to meet with him, but they were also rehearsals for the real thing. And Passover was one of those. It was a rehearsal for when Jesus would fu fulfill it. Yeah, which and, word you're saying is um, rehearsal? Okay. Yeah. It's, um, 
there are, just off the top of my head, it's Leviticus 23. Okay, sorry, I'm going to have to find it. We um, time for a commercial break. Right? Um, I, like, I like that yeah. Bible. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, the word we have, it's in verse 2. It's called assemblies, but it means a rehearsal. And um, You were translated assembly. Yeah, it's, okay. it's translated the assembly. Sacred assemblies. When yes, the, the and tells them that, um, yeah. the appointed feasts is, the word is moed in the, the Hebrew, but it means... Um, an appointment. So, you know, God had, it's an appointment to meet with him. And when we have, when we, so it's a meal, but it's an appointment. So, cause God wanted to show up in that place with people for them to experience him. It wasn't just about eating the food. It was right. about experiencing God. And so, and, and it should be with our family gatherings too, right. that it's, you know, bigger than just eating the food. So yeah. you, um, uh, when it comes to like source material, have you been like exclusively just going to get in the Bible and do a lot of cross-referencing or did some of these things that we learned yesterday and other things that you noticed came, come from other teachers or other books oh, or yes. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, yeah. particular favorites that you can throw yeah. names around out there? Oh, well, um, I've read, I don't know, seven or eight books on the feasts. Um, and, um, one guy that I really like, his last name is Chumney, but you, his book's online. You can just, oh, wow. yeah, you can just read it. And, um, uh, so I, I like him. I've read Mar Marv Rosenthal. Um, there, there are a number of, uh, I can't just off the top of my head, remember all the authors, but, um, I, I do, you know, if I find a book that has, you know, some of these things in it, I, because it breaks my heart that the church, the traditional church, we moved away from our Jewish roots. So we have, there's some understanding that, you know, we don't get because, you know, we don't, we haven't lived it. We haven't experienced it. So you know, if, if we can come back to some of that, I think it helps us to gain understanding and a closeness yeah. to the Lord. Yeah. When we, when we started the series, one of the things, the question that I had is why, why did Jesus, after he was resurrected, walk these guys through a Bible study first before he revealed that he was risen? I mean, I, I just thought that was fascinating. And I, in the conclusion I came to was that he wanted everything to click in place for them because they had been doing all these things, these actions. It was their life. It was it was their meals. It was their holidays. It was their culture. It was everything. And then when he walked them through, it wasn't like this anomaly over to the side that he rose again from the dead, but it was the culmination, the fulfillment of everything. And they would have seen that and imagine the kind of aha moments they would have had uh, right. as soon oh. as they, they thought back on the meals and the holidays and the, all those things. Right. Yeah, yeah. You was, their mind would have just been going, just mm. kind of going crazy, uh, yeah. just seeing he's everywhere. He's all around us and he always has been. And it's one of those passages that I read and say, that makes me jealous that yeah. they understood <laughs> from, you know, from Jesus. And how long was that Bible study that, you right. know, to say, okay, here, here it <laughs> here is. Yeah, but, right. yeah, and but, why isn't it written down? That's, uh, that's yeah, the only yeah. thing. You're studying Luke. It's like, wait a minute. Why don't you, you put that he had it. Why didn't we get it? But I, I think, think part of the reason that maybe he didn't write it down is because when we discover something, 
it it stays with us. That's and true. We it's See, she had the answer. Look at that. I'm gonna ask another question. It might be one of those <laughs> reasons. But you know, it, those those moments then when I have seen something in the scripture, I can look back and remember. And it is an aha moment. And ah and ha are part of God's name. And so it's a God moment when when he reveals something to us in his word and it's you don't forget that. And you know you have met with God when you see those kind of things. And you know, that's exciting. You, you know true. he's revealed yeah. something to you. And you do. You, you remember it. You remember those moments that, uh, that you have those little breakthroughs. And so right. it was probably just his way of saying, okay, it's out there. He told right. us it's there. Yeah. You just go, go find it. And uh, one of the, I love the proverb that says um, that it's the glory of, of uh, glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of Kings to uh, reveal one. So, or search out a matter is glory of Kings. And so, um, when, if you were, what we the underlying goal, I keep saying with the shadow series is not only for people to see Christ in the scriptures, but they're right now they're seeing it from the platform. The, the ultimate goal would be for people to see it for themselves, to have the kind of experience that you did where God's word goes beyond medicine to becoming this delight that, oh, I've got some spare time. I'm going to go there and I'm going to make another one of these discoveries. Um, any tips that you would give people who might have been in the same boat or they've, they've approached the Bible before and they back off or they, they're just, they can't get there or they would like to get there, but they simply don't know how. If you were coaching someone, you know, over a cup of coffee, what would you say to do? What well, would be one of the things I would say is to make an appointment, to to really set aside a time that you say, okay, I have an appointment here with God, and I am going to keep the appointment. You know, if it was with uh, some dignitary or the Queen of England, you'd show up um, if you had an appointment. And um, so God always shows up. He's always there. And uh, But studying the scripture, I think it's, it's precept on precept. It's you learn one thing and then you build on that and then you build on that. And so it's, it's always learning and, and growing. And, you know, for me, one of the things, and I think this was on the video, but that I think, what is it that God wants to say to me? And if I don't open up the book, I'm going to miss it. Yeah. That there is something exciting out there. Now, I don't want it to sound like every single day of my life I open up the Bible and it's this absolutely exciting moment because sometimes it's just studying and reading and learning. But there are those moments when I know God has spoken and, you know, that you can't take that away from somebody when they right. experience that. So, right. um, so set an appointment, keep the appointment and then, you know, ask God to open it up for you. I, really that it's what it says in Luke 24, that Jesus opened the minds of the disciples so they could understand the scripture. Right. We can pray that and ask God to do that for us because he does. It's, he wants us. It's his book. He wants us to learn it. So if we will open it up, and, and if there's something you don't understand, one of the things that the rabbis say is if you, if you come to a passage of Scripture and you read it and you say, okay, I, I just don't understand it, 
they say it's something to look forward to, that maybe <laughs> you good. pray over it, and and then maybe the next week, Pastor Brett preaches on it. Or maybe yeah. you're in the car, you're listening to something. <laughs> maybe it's a year later. Uh, who knows? But all of a sudden, that gets answered, and God has given you the answer to that question, that he's answered whatever it is you didn't understand. And there will be those things that we do not understand. So we just pray over it, and it gives you something to look forward to. No, that's a great way to look at it. And, and you think about boring it would be if you, he gave us one page with bullet points, and that's it. I mean, there, there's no adventure there. There's no search right. there. There's no reward there. And, and you do watch you know, as you grow and as you develop like for me, going back to the story of Abraham and Isaac, I hadn't visited it probably in at least 10 years. Okay. And so when I did go back, you know, you know, the outline of it, you know, the pattern, yeah, I got it. But it, I, I, I know that I went back different for one thing because of other growth that I've done and things I've been through in my life. So I did see it different and then God's going to be able to communicate something to me. So uh, even those stories you think you know, yes. uh, go back and, and look at them again now that you've grown and maybe been through some things and those kinds of uh, things. That's the way God's word is set up. It's not just a easy little one, two, three point thing. One of the things the rabbis say is that you can never say, I've read this passage before. Because every single time we come to a passage, even if we've read it a hundred times before, we're different. So we're coming yeah. to it from a different perspective. Yeah. And so we will see it in a new light. Mm. And, you know, and, and I do know that's the case. And, you know, if you're going through a crisis, maybe there's a passage of scripture. And I know God did it for me um, with, with, it was Luke 5. My husband was diagnosed with cancer and I opened up the Bible that morning and I was praying. I said, Lord, why are we here? And, and it wasn't, you know, why us? I think that's an okay question to ask. Um, right. but, but that wasn't, it was, what's the purpose here? And I was reading Luke five and it was about the disciples, Jesus saying, go out and into the deep water and fish. And I said, Lord, I feel like we're in the deep water. He said, Karen, it's where the fish are. And so go fishing. And so I felt like at that moment we were on mission and, you know, there was a reason for us to walk that path and, but he used his word and what I would have missed it. If I wouldn't have right. opened up the Bible that day, I would have missed that. And so for me, it was such a gift that he gave me. And that's what God does with his word. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm listening to you. You know, you're teaching again, and I love sitting, just being able to listen and learn from you. And I was um, thinking of the last couple of weeks, we've had some people on as well. And I'm having this picture of this beautiful idea of that the church is this body. We're always learning from each other. And I think a lot of times people come in and they think they only learn from, you know, the lead pastor or whatever, and how much I'm learning just sitting here um, in a 30 minute conversation with you. And that I'm so thankful, um, one, for your gift of teaching, um, but also like that the church is made up with so many people who teach each other and, and share these things and we're learning with each other. And it's it really, I don't know. I had a moment. I want to share that. I'm glad you did. Yeah, I'm glad you had a moment. No, I, yeah. As I've thought, I was thinking about that this morning. I was reading uh, the next thing we're doing is on the tabernacle. And, and it does say for the priests, they had to retire at 50. Oh. <laughs> and I thought, oh, oh if, if, I'm, I'm 53. So you maybe are? I'm dead. I am. But I live in a retirement community. So I've got a, <laughs> I've got a head start on that. Uh, but how old but was he it is, uh, I'm sorry? 
How old was Aaron? Aaron's Moses. I know, he's way up there. I don't know how that worked that way. However, the good thing about it was it didn't say that it couldn't do things. It just said, (laughs) I forget the language. It was more like you will assist the others. And, And I truly am in a place in my life where I'm getting increased joy at more being more assisting than just uh, being, you know, kind of, uh, you know, primary or whatever else as far as on the platform. It, it, I get a lot more joy out of others doing things and creating context where they can do things like that. And and so I had this picture of these priests where they would just kind of step into a different role and let the other, the younger guys come in and the girls do things uh, that uh, they weren't allowed to do anymore and all that sort of stuff. So you let me start a podcast, a, so uh, that's pretty great. That's, that's right. That's yeah. right. And, and see, that's what You're I was, for I was too, talking right. about because you could have read that when you were 25, 30, right. and it wouldn't have hit you the same way. But oh, because, not nearly. Yeah, because <laughs> of the right. stage of yeah. life that you're in, you saw it from a different facet. And that really is how how God uses the scripture in our lives. And I I know everybody, you should be, if you're listening to this, getting really hungry for us to end this and just go read your Bible. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. (laughs) Because it does make you hungry. And I love that line. I might have missed it. Just keep the appointment. And you don't have to, it doesn't have to be some wild and crazy, beautiful thing every single day. It's not that way. But unless you're in that regular meeting, uh, you won't have those beautiful times. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, there's normal eating and then there's those wonderful meals that yes. just kind of really get you. But you don't skip eating e- any day. Right. Uh, I always so. say grab your coffee. Yeah. You know, yeah. sit down, make it uh, the place that you really enjoy yeah. and enjoy the time with the Lord. Absolutely. No, oh, that's great stuff. That's great stuff. And we, we wanted to mention the book. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. We we almost talk let about the book. Now, yeah. Because there is something important to hear. Uh, Karen uh, has sisters, and she, is, uh, she has one sister that's not one of the triplets, but she herself is one of three. I am. And so, uh, and, and I, th- when I've heard you all teach together, you have relayed the mm-hmm. same story. Did it all happen? I mean, who was the lead in that? Was there? Or did you each call each other that day and said, I've been praying? And mm-hmm. because you, I, I thought I heard you say something like all of you had this medicine mentality about the Bible. Uh, we and did. Across the yeah. bridge. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I do not know how God did that, but he changed all of us. Um, and it was fairly close to the same time that God began to work in all of the sisters that, you know, the word of God became so much more important in our lives. And, um, so it was, you know, it happened for all of us. And And so typically uh, my exposure to Karen is that are where we all started in church together and, and, uh, and they would teach together, especially, uh, her and her sister, Chris would do a lot of things together. And, and so that's how I knew that they were good and worth hearing. And so, um, then now what's happened is that, uh, there, there's the, the triplets and then one other sister that they've ganged up together and you guys are teaching together and you have written a book. Tell us about the book. Well, the book is called Get on Your Knee Replacements and Pray, and it really is a <laughs> challenge. Yeah. Speaking of different seasons of life where you see things different, I, I have a feeling it's that's a, happening. It's, it's exactly right. 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 And, but, but God doesn't have a retirement plan. He actually just has a plan. He wants to use this every single day of our lives. And there may be times when we get to a place in our life where, okay, maybe I can't get on a plane and go to um, a foreign mission, but we can always pray. 
always. That is a job that all of us can engage in every single day. And what it, what a difference would be made if all of us at you know this stage in you know I'm getting up there, uh, get the stage in life that we would focus in on praying. And but God opens up doors you know, for, to use this. And a lot of people in the scripture, you know, it's, they thought the curtain was coming down, but actually it's when the big music started to play and God said, okay, it's time to run to center stage. And, you know, people like Noah and Moses and Zechariah, and there are a lot of people in the, the scripture that it was in their senior years that God really used them in a mighty way. And so, you know, what is it that God wants to do in our lives? And so that's, that's really the And this is going to include, book. this is a published book. It'll come out in April, I it think. It is, April. Coming out mm-hmm. in April. It's, it's nationwide published. Yeah. And, and and you guys are going to do a tour together? We, we, and, and, we think, yeah. yeah. We, okay. we, yeah. <laughs> so you have like a live teaching that you have prepared together that yes. you all do together. Oh, cool. and all yep. that. Is it yep. okay for people who aren't quite at knee replacement level to... to Listen in on because that. here's the thing God wants to use us at all stages in yeah. our life every single day God has a plan to use us and so it's you know it doesn't end when we when we retire but you know it's it's all stages of life so yeah sure yeah excellent mm-hmm. well I want to come Good enough. I'm excited <laughs> and buy the book yeah that's right Absolutely. watch for it and, okay be on the lookout for the book then yeah so and, and I'm going to call an audible and not even do a question to close out because I think the content we've had is an awesome way to just allow people to continue to have a conversation after you've listened um, here today but um, we do want to say have hope you guys have a really happy Thanksgiving it is the, the week of Thanksgiving and, and maybe I will actually ask a question is there something you're really looking forward to food wise for Thanksgiving Totally changed the question on you guys. You did. Sorry, know, I'm gonna, go ahead, Karen. What are you looking forward to? <laughs> you know, one of the things that I never make except at Thanksgiving is the dressing that goes yeah. with the turkey. And so I look forward to that. And it's my mother's recipe. And when I make it, I feel she's been in heaven oh, for yeah. five years, but I feel very close to her when I make it. So oh, yeah. mine's not nearly that profound. <laughs> Doritos. No, I, um, uh, <laughs> of course. no, I, I'm actually in the middle of a gear shift in my life, uh, because over the last, uh, it'll be 21 days then that I've, uh, I felt like I was supposed to go without food other than fruit and, and, uh, and not, or fruit juices and vegetable juices just to kind of cleanse out and I'll be restarting around then. And, uh, and I'm taking on a whole new way of eating in my life for health. So I'm just looking forward to eating something interesting. <laughs> something. I, I have a feeling it's going to be mashed potatoes. That yeah. sounds really awesome. Something that's right not now. in that's like right. a juice bottle. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, but I'm looking forward to that. I'll be relishing those. Awesome. Yeah. Um, my aunt makes a peanut butter pie that I, I look forward oh, to every year. Yeah, no kidding. Amazing. So good. When yeah. they're done right, they are like yeah. the best. Yeah. That yes, absolutely. My mom and I cook together and kind of the same thing. Like she and I used to cook with my grandmother and um, now she and I kind of take it on. And it's something that it's kind of turned into just a really fun tradition. And I love being able to do that. So anything we get to make together is always fun. So, um, okay. Well, that kind of wraps up today. Uh, what are we talking about? 
this next Sunday, Brett. Next Sunday, we are talking about the tabernacle and seeing uh, the shadows of Christ in the tabernacle, uh, where God gives very specific instructions on this tent that's built. And it's so specific, people have built models of them and scale models and virtual reality tours you can see on YouTube. And it's it's an amazing tour through those shadows of Christ. It's uh, so much that I originally was going to do it in one. I think I'm going to do it in two. I'm going to do the Ark of the Covenant as a, as a separate message cool. i think so but i think cool. people enjoy it you know, awesome yeah. well karen thank you so much for joining us it's been a pleasure glad i could be here awesome we'll see you guys again have a happy thanksgiving thanks for listening to this week's episode of the one life church podcast i'm your host sarah inman the one life church podcast is produced by me and thomas bernardin music by ben brock and micah robertson to find out more about One Life Church, you can visit onelifechurch.org. Or to contact us directly at the podcast, just email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org.